Welcome to the official Guns Up Nation podcast, the premier voice for the fearless fans of Raiderland. Oh, 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 he's the worst Red Raider, unbelievable! The Scarlet and Black are back on the final bowl club, and they head on from Lubbock, Texas. Let's meet today's hosts. Hey, how's it going, everybody? Welcome into another installment of the Guns Up Nation podcast. I'm RC Maxwell alongside Tobias Bass down in H-Town. Tobias bi-weekly weather report we need that second update what's it looking like today down there well first i'm doing well you didn't ask me that but um people don't know well. people don't care if you're doing well to us they need to know yeah. the weather they don't well it's been gloomy all day there's like a hurricane right outside of houston we didn't really get the rain rain from it we just kind of got the dark clouds and uh it sprinkled earlier but i'm mean, not we're gonna get some rain but the weather people they lie so it hasn't really rained it's just gloomy outside so so you're saying that the industry that you're in, your you know fellow colleagues lie or what? Some of them, yes. Some of them, okay. I'm glad to hear you're doing well, though. Sorry I didn't ask that. Yeah, uh, you're horrible. It would well, be better. I demand greatness on this podcast. Well, I mean, I'm bringing a lot to the table, and there's not a lot coming from the H-Town <laughs> side of this. Um, just kidding. Yeah. But on today's podcast, we're going to talk about Texas Tech football and preview the game against the number 24 Cyclones up in Ames, Iowa. And then we're going to answer a bunch of questions that we got off of Facebook, I think probably about three or four. Um, and then we'll talk about Texas Tech volleyball and soccer. And let's uh, start right there, Tobias. So volleyball last night, they, uh, they played in Fort Worth. They lost 3-2 to two in their first matchup against the Horned Frogs. Um, a, lot, a good collective effort. They were up. You know, two sets to one, and then you got to credit the Horn Frogs a little bit. They came back and won two straight sets at home um, and took the deciding fifth set. But, you know, you look at the stats, and I watched a little bit of it last night after I watched Big Brother. I know you don't watch that show, Tobias, but you should. Um, <laughs> I watched a little bit of it, and um, it looks like they're, you know, Texas Tech is it, it's super deep. We've talked about that already. But it looks like, you know, for me anyway, you can tell that the team is still trying to find their stride. Um, and they didn't have a lot of practice time before the season actually started. You know, there was limited time for everybody. Um, so it's no excuse. But, you know, when you have two transfers come in that are playing significant minutes, you lose the best player, arguably, in program history. It's going to be hard when you don't have as much practice time. Right. No, for sure. It's definitely going to be hard. And like I say, you know, people left from last year. And some, like, some of these girls, and they haven't played, you know, they haven't played at Tech yet. So this is their first time getting on-court action. Not to, not you know, despite them not having limited practice time, and this is their first time playing, you know, collegiate basketball, collegiate volleyball, for a significant time. You know, that's that's a that's a hard ass. So you know, give them time, and they're still playing their hard. Like I said, they're kind of hot and cold type of thing. But you know, when they're on, they can beat top teams. Yeah, no, I wouldn't be surprised at all. You know, if they come out and win tonight, they're, you know, they 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 always seem to. Um, at least split, at least that's what they've done so far this season. So I wouldn't be surprised if Texas Tech does that in Fort Worth this yeah. season. You can check out that game on ESPN Plus if you're a subscriber on the Big 12 Now Network. We'll move along, talk about Texas Tech soccer. They have a huge game. Well, I mean, I guess you're going to be hearing this on Saturday, um, but they had a huge game on tonight, Friday. Um, you know, when you look at this team, again, we're, we're kind of surprised you haven't seen Jade King, Allie Griffin. We're always going to say, you know, Coach Stone knows better than us because, well, it's just the fact that he does. 
But, right. you know, you, you look at what Texas Tech has to go through in terms of the gauntlet coming up for their schedule. It really starts tonight, Tobias. So you look at it. They play the number nine West Virginia Lady Mountaineers tonight at home. All right. Then they got to go to Fort Worth to play the Horn Frogs on the 16th. On the 23rd, they play Iowa State at home. And then the next weekend after that, the weekend of Halloween, October 30th, the Friday, they play Oklahoma State, the number four team in the country. So three out of the mm. next four weeks, you're playing top 12 teams in the country. This is a big, big deal right now for Texas Tech because, you know, we thought that they would come out and, you know, they would obviously be fighting as there's a gnat right in front of me. Sorry for waving at that. Um, but, no, we, we thought Texas Tech soccer would come out and they would, you know, not by any means have an easy road to, you know, winning a Big 12 title, but that they would be up there. They just haven't shown that so far as they're 0-1 and 2. Yeah, no, I mean, they're pretty they're fighting for the lives going forward. You know, I mean, it's it's a it's a tough ass. They're playing except three of the next four weeks, they're playing top twelve teams. Um they're gonna have to win those games. Like I it's just, it's just point period. You know, they're gonna have to win those games and then they kind of put themselves in a situation, you know, they are missing a couple of girls and you know, they were dealing with some COVID issues before, but if they want to, you know, have any any possible chance to win the big tour, they're gonna have to pretty much win every game going forward. So, you know, this is, you know, the coffin, I guess, sort of coffin they've dug themselves, but they're gonna have to, you know, come out of in the win game, starting with tonight. Tonight's gonna be a tough ass, but I know Coach Stone have the girls ready and I expect them to play play well tonight. Yeah, and you can watch that game um and listen to any game, Texas Tech volleyball or Texas Tech soccer on our old stomping grounds. Got to give them a shout out when you possibly can. KTXT 88.1, the Raider. Let me get a quick promo in, Tobias, real quick. And then we're going to jump into the preview as well as answering the questions from Twitter. But first, we got to tell you about Two Docs. Two Docs, great place to go hang out with your friends. You can go watch the game there tomorrow um, if you want. 11 a.m. kickoff, I believe, right? Um, against Iowa State. I'm not mistaken mm -hmm. on that. Yeah. I believe it's 11 a.m. Yeah, I believe so. 11 a.m. Let's check this out. No, it's 2.30. I apologize Two, to everybody. It is a 2.30 kickoff. My bad. Um, it is a 2.30 kickoff tomorrow. It's going to be on ABC, though. Go watch it with your friends out there. Go watch it at Two Docs. Get a good beer. You can have some good food at the food trucks that are always out there. They're located at 502 Texas Avenue in downtown Lubbock. And if you can't make it out to 502 Texas Avenue in downtown, you can always go online to twodocsbrewing.com. And if you do spend $49 or more, and you use the code GUNSUP, all capital, one word on their website, you will get free shipping. Again, the code is GUNSUP. When you spend $49 or more, you'll get free shipping on twodocsbrewing.com. Go see our friends down at Two Docs, support local business, and tell them Guns Up Nation sent you. So, Tobias, let's jump right in to this preview. Trevor Williams for Guns Up Nation has done a great job. Him and um, Andrew this week did a really good job on the game preview, so go check that out on GunsUpNation.com. But, Tobias, this Iowa State team, um, it's been difficult for Texas Tech really to get anything going. I mean, I'm sure every Tech fan remembers that awful loss, um, what was it, four or five years ago with uh, Pat Mahomes where they just got shellacked up in Ames. And um, yeah. Texas Tech hasn't won in Ames since 2014. Tobias, what are the things you're looking for for Texas Tech? What do they have to do to basically come out of a, you know, a Big 12 matchup with an upset win on the road? Um, one, they're going to have to stop Brees Hall. That guy, he's a, he's a freak. Pro. He'll be, he's a freak. Yeah, he'll, yeah, he'll be – he's um, 
I don't know what it is about Iowa or Iowa State. They produce good pros, and he's going to be another one. He's going to be a very good pro. They're going to have to try to definitely shut him down because he can do everything. He catches the ball well. He runs between tackles well. And he's, um, he's a playmaker when he's in space. But I think the biggest thing for me is they're going to have to be tough. Um, this Iowa State team, they're very well coached, and they're super, super tough. You know, they're going to fight and hang around. You know, everywhere they have a bunch of guys like Tech. Some of these guys are under-recruited. You know, they went to JUCOs as well. They play with the chip on their shoulder, and they're going to definitely be prepared. So I think toughness is definitely going to be there, especially knowing that we don't play well up there, and we're also coming off of a loss. Well, we could have won the game, but another loss. We're going to have to just be tough. Like I said, last week is going to show me how t- mentally tough this team is. This is the same uh, thing this week. We're going on the road, playing a good team. Um, you're going to have to be tough. Yeah, no – the the stat that's crazy about Brees Hall, and I don't even know if you know this, Tobias, he gained anywhere between 15 to 20 pounds this offseason. Mm-hmm. And he lost like four one four hundredth of a second off of his 40-meter time. So he got bigger, mm-hmm. but he got wow. faster. Okay. So that's, that's very interesting. Also, he's a freak. Um, I, I mentioned that earlier when yeah. Tobias brought him up. But, I mean, you, you look at kind of what Hall has done for them this year. He has – 66 carries, 396 yards, and six touchdowns. To put that into perspective, Brock Purdy only has two touchdowns passing this year. Um, yeah, that's, that's weird. So, I mean, they're just really relying on Hall and just kind of, you know, letting him do work on the ground game. So, really, the biggest key for me is kind of like you said, Tobias, uh, stopping him. I'm really curious to see how they want to, you know, really plug the gaps um, and contain on the outside. Because if you remember, they had a really big problem containing Vaughn on the outside, um, especially yeah. later in the game. So I wonder how they're really going to do that. Are they going to put Boyer, Randall, and Schooler in at the same time and then have Merriweather and Jeffers in the middle? Um, what are they going to do there? And I really expect the D-line is going to have to, you know, have a big game. Um, Radford's going to have to do what he did at Kansas State and then some. And same with uh, Hutchings. You know, Hutchings looked good in Manhattan. He, he flashed a little bit, but to be fair to him, he was getting double teamed, and sometimes that's just difficult on a guy. Uh, but Bradford, I thought, really looked good, but really the linebackers are going to be the big story because the thing is when you can contain the run game and you put all the pressure on Brock Purdy, at least this year, Brock Purdy hasn't been the Brock Purdy we expected him to be. Yeah. Um, and that's, you know, maybe he comes alive against Texas Tech. It seems like sometimes those uh, quarterbacks that are struggling a little bit they uh, come yeah. alive against the Raiders for whatever reason, even though we kind of know what the reason is. Um, but it just seems like that happens. So I'm really curious to see how they use the linebacking formations. Obviously, Rico will be back since he got ejected in the first half. He served his suspension in the second half for targeting, um, by the way. But um, we, we, we won't talk about targeting um, on this show because, dear God, we only have like an hour to talk, and I would take up three hours just talking about that rule. Um, but really, that's what I'm curious to see. And then the other thing, Tobias, this is another big one. Um, it's the tackle for loss department for Iowa State. They're 21st in the country, um, tied for 21st yeah. in the country with eight tackles for loss per game. That left yeah. side of the Texas Tech offensive line has got to be better. Um, the tackles, they struggled a little bit, mostly Cardi over at left tackle. Berger has had his moments where he struggled. But really, you're going to have to get better on that left side or else – I mean, it looks like Alan Bowman is going to play. Um, if you look, you know, kind of in the tea leaves about what Coach Wells is saying um, in the sense of um, Bowman is their guy, and we'll answer that question later on on who we think is going to start. But there's been no announcement. But whoever's back there has to be protected. Um, so I'm really curious to see how, you know, Yost 
puts does he put a running back back there to add you know that little chip block before you know Sir Roderick or Xavier White goes out into the flat because we all know he loves to run screens, Tobias. Um, right. Right. So I'm curious mm-hmm. to see how he does that. Maybe he uses that to his advantage in the sense of okay, I'm just going to use it as an extra lineman, um, or does he just bring Koontz in there to block? Like, h- how does he do this? Um, it's going to be very interesting, and I think it kind of depends on who the starting quarterback is too. Yeah, for sure. Also, I want to like you said you talked about the line though. Ja- Jaquan Bailey has what. Three and a half sacks, six tackles for loss. So he's definitely going to be um, an impact player. And then also, I, I don't know why. I watched pretty much that whole OU game last week. But Mike Rose, he leaves them in tackles. He's a uh, he's a thumper. He yeah. he brings the pain. He's so Merriweather. He's, he's um, Merriweather. Yeah, he, yeah, he's there Merriweather. And he he laid out a, a Spencer Rally a few times. So. I know well, whoever starts at quarterback, they definitely have to be aware of him at all times because he's, he's he's pretty he's a very good zone linebacker, so he's very good in zone coverage yes. as well. So they're definitely gonna have to, you know, be be aware of where he is at all times. And if you do try to run, just get down. Don't don't do it. Spencer Rally, he's a young buck, and I know he was he was fighting, but don't don't do it. It's, it's, it's just it's just not worth it. We we need we need who all our quarterbacks to be available to play. Yeah, no, absolutely. I I think the other thing that's really a key to this game and it's just been a really big proponent so far these past two weeks into why Texas Tech maybe hasn't pulled off the victory is special teams. Special teams have got to be better. They just have to be better. You have two straight yeah. weeks of a blocked punt. You miss kicks up in Manhattan. Trey Wolf is 0 for 3 this year on field goal attempts. That's got to get better. Simple and plain. Um, you know, that, that's left points on the board. I'm not saying that you win the game if you have those points, but you got a lot better of a chance to do it. Um, so really – that's a big point of emphasis for me, just overall special teams. You cannot, you know, you know, have turnovers or block kicks or miss field goals or anything like that. You have to be better on the third part, you know, the third party involved in terms of, you know, the third group on the field. Um, but it, it, it's going to be really interesting to see because Iowa State, they like bringing the pressure. You saw that against OU. OU didn't really have to deal with it as much, but Texas Tech yeah. has struggled a little bit on special teams. So, you know, obviously everybody's coming to get, you know, that block pump for the year or, you know, one or two yeah. that they're going to get all year against Texas Tech because, well, Texas Tech is handing them out like candy right now. Yeah, no, for sure. Special team has to be better. You know, special teams will definitely lose. You're going to get the win on all three facets of the game, you know, especially, you know, with the quarterback situation, you know, you, you think there could be a change potentially, you know, Sometimes the offense is struggling, so you can't put them in good field position strictly off of just, you know, bad special teams play. You know, this offense, like you said, Brock Purdy hasn't played well, but he definitely has the weapons to do so. Their receiver, um, Xavier Hutchinson, he's pretty good. I think he's pretty like good. Him. Yeah, I like him a lot. I think, I think he also will be a pro whenever he's eligible. Or he's eligible now, but whenever he decides to declare. But the point is, you know, you don't want to put them in good, but you don't want Brock Purdy to get a short fit. He hasn't played great yet, but he can easily turn into Brock, the old Brock Purdy easily get him short of a short field. Yeah, I mean, Brock Purdy is supposed to be, what, a top five uh, QB yeah. pick in this next draft. So, I mean, he's obviously got talent. Yeah. Um, it's just kind of right. when is it going to click. Um, let's move a little bit, Tobias, to the prediction aspect of this. You look at what the line is right now for Texas Tech and Iowa State. Currently right now the line continues to drop. Um, it's dropped a point, uh, a full point over the past, I feel like, two days, if I'm not mistaken. Um but they have Iowa State as 12-point favorites. You think they cover Texas Tech? Yeah, you? Yeah, I do. I think they cover. Yeah, yeah. I think it's like a backdoor cover, like a late cover, though. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, 
So the over under is sixty four and a half. You going over or under on that? Sixty four and a half. Yeah. So there, if you you want to do the math real quick, it looks like it's like a a forty. You know, mm, trying to do the math real quick in my head. So that's what thirty two. If you want to do that, then the six. So we're looking at like a twenty six thirty. 36 game in that kind of range, maybe a little bit bigger, um, you know, like 27, 37. Yeah, I think um, I might go – I, I think it'll be a plus. I think it'll be what it is. I think it'll be about that. I think I think I would say defense is – I think I would say defense is legit. I think they have a pretty solid defense. Who's scoring the half point if you think it's a push? I'm just giving you a hard time. <laughs> 64 and a half. He said it was right on. I got it. I was just giving you a hard time. Yeah, I probably would go with the over. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, it won't surprise me. I think it'll probably be around 70, if I'm being honest. Yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, I mean, it's tech. You know, they miss a tackle and, you know, whatever. Or they try to, you know, time, but yeah. Peanut Tillman, the tight end for Kansas State, and instead they give up 66 yards and it gives them a – Perfect time to get up in the game. I'm talking to you, Eric Monroe, on that play. Um, yeah. So let's get a prediction then, Tobias. Um, Texas Tech going up, playing the number 24 team in the country who just beat Oklahoma, who is no longer ranked, by the way, and also at the bottom of the Big 12 yeah. with Texas Tech and Kansas. Who would have thought that? Yeah, no, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy to think that, you know, well, there's just definitely not going to be a Big 12 in the uh, Big 12 team in the in – the, uh, what you call them? And to find them the last four teams, it won't be one in the playoffs. So unless it's Oklahoma State. Oh yeah, Oklahoma. Yeah, but they they got they got their own. They're playing a freshman right now too. They can't they can't lose though. Like last. they can't lose. You know they can't lose. I mean the Big Ten they start in what two weeks? Sounds about yeah. I think right. it's two. Weeks. I think I think I think it's week eight. So you have Ohio State, Clemson, Alabama. That I hope a Pac-12 team doesn't get. I really hope. I don't want to see any of them. Maybe be another SEC school. It's going to be another SEC school, probably like Georgia or Florida. Georgia. Yeah. Well, Florida. Yeah, Georgia. Yeah. I'll tell you what, Kyle Trask, that dude is the real deal, man. That dude is the no, no, real he's, deal. He's, he's a freak. He's, he's very good. Have, have you seen – Um, I know this is a tech podcast, but one last thing. Have you seen Alabama's schedule going forward? I haven't. It, it, is, it is brutal. Their, their schedule is very, very, very – I mean, it's Bama. You know, they have the team to do it, but – they have to play what? Miss also they play what? Mississippi oh Ole Miss this week. That's Georgia ranked. Tennessee at Tennessee ranked. Miss Mississippi State who's ranked. They have a bye week at LSU, Kentucky, Auburn. Then they that's, end rough. That, that, that's, that's rough. That's rough. And they end on Arkansas, you said? Yeah, yeah. And Arkansas just yeah. beat Ole Miss, or Mississippi State, if you remember. Yeah, I'm saying that that I mean I it's, it's Bama, but that if they lost a game that or or two, I don't know if they'll lose two, but that that's tough. Yeah, no, that, that that's a tough schedule by all means. I, I'm sure that's enough Bama stuff though for the this week, right? Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, no, that sure. that's the thing though. Like, you look at some of these teams, like, and, and this is just pertaining to college football. A lot of I don't know how many of these teams would be ranked where they are if everybody was playing, but you look yeah. at the SEC this year, and again. We don't have the Big Ten and we don't have the Pac-12 playing, at least in the normal ranks right now. Yeah. You have Florida, Alabama, Georgia, LSU, yeah. Tennessee, Mississippi State was ranked. You have all these teams that are just ridiculous yeah. this year. Like Florida, I mean, I think right now, if I'm not mistaken, 
um, three of the top four teams in the country from the SEC. It's Bama, Florida, yeah. and uh, Georgia, right? And then Clemson Georgia. sprinkled in it too. And yeah. Right? Like, they're loaded. Like, if you ask me right now, Florida is just – I, I thought they'd be good. Don't get me wrong. But I didn't expect Trash to take that big of a leap. Um, if I'm yeah, being no, he, honest, like he took a leap. He is a Heisman contender. Um, yeah, no, he's yeah, he gonna he's gonna be on some big time draft boys after this year. Yes, yeah, and that's the year. thing. Like you're looking at it already. Like we already know the big three that in terms of the quarterback position. We obviously know Trevor, we know Fields, and we know Lance has got a ton of potential. But there's guys like Trask. I mean, and and let's just say Purdy just explodes, right? Like it's possible. Mm-hmm. Like we could see five quarterbacks drafted in the first round next year. Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah, that's, that's what they were saying. That, that would be the five. Yeah, that's what they were saying. They said they could see him. He'll be a mid first round pick, and you know, a playoff team would draft him with a no quarterback. Yeah, and he'll just sit. Like, I mean, he would be perfect, and, and, and I mean, perfect with the Saints. Yeah, I'm about to say he looks like a saint. He'd be he'd be so much fun to watch with Michael Thomas, Emmanuel Sanders, and Alvin Kamara, like all those guys. That'd be a perfect spot for a guy like that. I also really want to see Patriots. Trey Lance down there. That'd be super fun with Sean Payton. In his don't let the Patriots don't, don't let the Patriots get him. Uh, well, we don't talk about that team on this podcast device, but um, we'll move on and we'll talk about some of these questions. We'll answer your questions again. You can send all of your questions for the pod- podcast to at Guns Up Voice on Twitter. We'll answer them the best we can. The first question that we have is from Greg Biggs. It's Tech Golf Forty Four. He said, "Here's my question." When is Tech football going to win seven games a year or more for ten straight years? Just curious. How, the, the, can you see a picture of him? Do you know how old he looks? He's an older gentleman. Yeah, man. I'll, I'll, I'll probably be. We'll probably be around his age. The way we'll probably be around his age by the time <laughs> they, that 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 happens, my friend. It's 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 sad and, and it's unfortunate, but. It's, I feel like we're not cursed, but I just feel like we have cursed these vibes. Like, I just feel like we just cannot get over the hump. The thing is with me is, like, and we're tech fans. We're tech alumni. Like, we try and keep it as unbiased as possible, you know? But, like, I don't think people realize what Texas Tech's winning percentage is historically. Like, on average, they only win 6.07 games a year. Like, if you go by their 89-year history, 89 mm-hmm. years of Texas Tech football. That's what you're about the same. We're about – yeah. yeah. Like, it's, 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 it's not – like, I think they have 545 wins in 89 years. You average mm. 6.07 or something like that. Like, I get, like, people are um, with the, uh, the Leech era still – and everybody has that. And you know what? That's good for the fan base to be, want to be there, right? But at the same time, you have to have realistic expectations. And to be and fair to so Greg, yeah, and to be fair to Greg, seven wins is, I think, very realistic. Um, but every year, yeah. you, I, don't, I don't know. Like, because when you look at it, I think Texas Tech is probably one of those teams and programs that – you know, is going to sit in the range of six to eight wins every year. That's just what's going to happen. A, a bounce here, yeah. you win eight. A bounce there, you win six. Like, that's it. Like, and it's probably yeah, going to be yeah, – the only yeah. It's probably going to be six more than eight, right? Like, 
that's just what it is. Like, I mean, it, it, it's nothing bad, but there's so many people out there and I get a lot of hate for it just cause I like Wells. I think he's a good coach. Um, it just takes time. Like I think people um, at least in tech fandom and this might sound harsh, but I think they're spoiled by what happened with Texas tech baseball and basketball. Like the, yeah. the turnaround for those were instantaneous almost. And people try and compare Wells situation to beard. I think people forget yeah. Beard inherited an NCAA tournament team. Like, they went to the tournament the year before uh, Beard was there. Yeah. Like, Tubby Smith yeah. took him to the round of 32 – or round of 64. Yeah. Then, I mean – then, I mean, like I said, you get one of your – arguably one of the best players ever played. He happens to be from Lubbock. You know, that yeah. doesn't that, – that that helps a lot. When he Then, then not only did he, he stayed for two years – you know, Zaire popped. You know, you got some good transfers coming in here. You know, Keenan stayed. You know, guys could have left and they decided to stay. You know, Keenan stayed. Zach, Josh Gray, all those guys. Norn stayed. You know, he got some grad transfers in here. He goes to the Elite Eight the next year. Then you get a better recruiting class. Now, you know, things are kind of taking off. You know, baseball, he comes in there and changes the program around. But it is, it's, it's hard, but it's easy to do with basketball because, you know, you get two, three good recruits or a good transfer. It's 15 Your team guys. Yeah, you only play like eight of them anyway. So exactly. you know, you get you get three decent players, just three. You just need three decent players, a point guard, a small forward, and a decent big. You're okay. You got a chance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, I mean, and, and, I, and the way we're saying that makes it sound like we're knocking Coach Beard and all that stuff. It's not like that. Yeah, but he's a great coach. Yeah, like I, I think really what people need to understand is in football, you can't just have you know these guys that come in like the Eric Monroes and you know the yeah. Colin Schoolers and you know Boyer Randalls and yeah, you have a bunch of power five guys in terms of transfers coming in here. But in football, you can't just have three good players. You need legitimately 40 to 50 guys that are capable of at least playing, you know, limited minutes and not, if not like starter type minutes, you know, because you have to have depth yeah. at every position. Um, and if you don't, you're going to get killed. Um, and that's just the case. I think really on the Texas Tech football front, it's just going to take time. And to answer the question, when are they going to win seven or more games in 10 straight years? I don't know if they ever, you know, will do that because there's always bad years, even for good programs, you know? I mean, shoot, yeah. who could have predicted what's happening to Florida State right now? Yeah, no, they're – yeah, they're – yeah. They like, if you, if you would have predicted that four years ago, we would have laughed in your face, right? I mean, you mean what, two two years ago, three years ago, Derwin James had just left that program. They were still a top 15, top 17 team yeah. in the country. Now, now look. And then the thing with Beard, like you said, you brought up a good point about how he inherited the NCAA tournament team. You know, sometimes, you know, I'm not like I said, this is not a knock on Beard, but he came into a very different situation. Then also, yes. I, feel like, I feel like there also wasn't as much pressure. You know, Wells, he comes right after Texas Tech Sweetheart. Sure. We love Cliff Kingsbury. They love him. You know, you know, Tubby, you know, that was a that was a pit stop. You know, he wasn't he wasn't gonna be there long and he wasn't. He wasn't there long at all. So, you know, Beer came into a city where I feel like there's almost was, you know, was no pressure. He went to UNLV for an hour and, you know, came over. You know, there was there was no there really was no pressure. You know, Wells comes in here after Cliff Kingsbury. I think they wanted him to be great immediately. You know, yeah. it's a different. It's a different ball game. I mean, you remember those games when Beer first got there? People weren't going to those games when he first got there. Those Rice games, those, those those games were not sold out at all. The whole no. top upper row was no one was up there. Yeah, no, I mean, it, I mean, the cupboard wasn't fully, 
you know, again, we're not knocking Coach Beard. Like, he, I, I think Coach Beard even knows he came into a good situation and he worked his ass yeah. off to make it better. Good for him, right? Like, yeah. but you have to – it took time for Coach Beard to do that. You have to give that right. time um, for Coach Wells just to even get the players in there that he needs, and then you can start right. judging him. Like, you can't start judging Matt Wells, in my opinion, in terms of, like, is he a good or bad coach? until he gets his quarterback in there that he recruited in Morton. Um, and, you know, yeah. Morton is probably a sophomore. You can probably start judging Matt Wells, you know, in the middle three, year three and a half. Like, that's probably where you can judge him. Because at that yeah. point, okay, yeah. you, ha you have three recruiting classes. Your guys potentially are there that are juniors or seniors that you actually brought in or were transfers to your program. At that point, if you're still losing, by all means, we need to th – there needs to be a change. But – you have yeah. to give him time to get his guys in here and restock this cupboard that was absolutely bare um, outside of maybe, you know, two or three positions. Right. I mean, yeah. Then, I mean, I mean, they come up with B. I mean, he comes back. You're, you know, Keenan's with a junior. Mm -hmm. Josh Gray's a junior. Noah's is a junior. Uh, Zach is a junior. I'm like, four of your starting five are all juniors. Yep. Then they come back again. You know, they didn't transfer. They stayed. You get a basic – well, you got a very underrated recruit who happens to live in Lubbock and Jericho who went, was a lottery pick. You get Zaire, um, basically a lottery pick. He went right outside the lottery. You get them – they both come on the same team. Like, you, you got hit. There was – like I said, this isn't a lot. He's a great coach. But he – like you said, some, some people some people get drafted by the Jets and some people get drafted by other teams. So, you know, it's just it's a, it's a very, very <laughs> – it's a very, very big difference. You know, you can yes. easily be a gent and be like, you know, I have no offensive line, no weapons, not a good coach, terrible fan base, terrible facilities. Like, oh, but then when you go, oh, when you get drafted by the, the Steelers, oh, everything, we have a great coach, great, great weapon, great everything. It's a little bit different. Yeah. No, absolutely. So to answer your question, Greg, I don't, I, I don't know. It's hard for a team to win seven or 10 years in a row, seven plus games. It, it doesn't matter what program it is. Um, it's difficult to do. I mean, I would probably, you know, if we want to look at the optimists, you know, side of this, hopefully it starts next year. Um, but I think we have to be realistic and think that Texas Tech, you know, probably it, it may never happen. Um, and if it does, culture just has to yeah, and if it does, it's going to be one of those things where, um, you know, it might be seven one year or maybe they win, you know, six, two years out of those 10, but every other year is seven or eight. I think that's a win in anybody's book. Everybody would take that. Um, yeah. in a heartbeat I feel like all right we'll move on Kobe our own graphic designer for the site had a question with how the football schedule was only one non-conference game what can we expect from basketball and when could a possible schedule be announced Tobias we talked about this a little bit on previous podcasts we probably think that the schedule is going to be announced what closer to November 1st yeah it'll be I mean right now they're still trying to figure out how is this even going to work? I know that the Maui Tech's not in the Maui, but they're going to be playing. The Maui's in Asheville, so you know they're not going to be around. You know, beautiful water and trees. They're going to be in you know, in Asheville. But they're just trying to figure out you know exactly where they're going to play and how, because you have to also have to get those um, MTE games because they're trying to see if they can you know play teams like geographically like where they are. So you know, Texas, we're obviously Tech, we're in Texas. So you know, can we play other than Big Twelve schools? Can we play in SMU? You know, can we play? U of H, you know, how does that work with, UTEP, you know, the school is, whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah, UTEP, yeah, exactly. It's, you know, 
Tech, we might be out of school after, you know, Thanksgiving, but is UTEP, are they still going to be in school? And, you know, UTEP, unfortunately, you know, they don't have as much money as Tech. If you can't, you know, get tested before you, you know, before the game, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not playing you. That's, that's just period, you know. So some of these smaller schools in, in, in your area, if they don't have the funds, you know, to pay for testing, I'm not playing you. Why? I'm, I'm, not, I'm not going to play you because they're not going to risk my kids or my players or my staff getting sick. So if they can't afford the test, you know, because, you know, how it is. Or if you can't travel due to whatever, you just can't play you. So I'm trying to figure all that out. Yeah, and I mean, there's been rumors. I know uh, Jeff Goodman with um, the stadium, I believe, is who he's with now. Yeah. Um, he mentioned something along the lines of Texas Tech being in a smaller bubble um, with mm. Gonzaga and Cincinnati and other teams might join. Um, God, so I, I don't know where exactly that would be located by any stretch of the imagination, but that has been talked about and those kind of deals have been talked about. So it's going to be interesting to see exactly when and where um, Texas Tech plays because it looks like it's going to be bubbles. It, it looks like there's going to be bubble situations, um, at least for tournaments, you know, those little tournaments. Um, yeah. And I, I mean, I, I think that's probably for the best um, just because it allows you to make sure you can control the environment. Um, especially if the kids are out of school, um, you won't have to about, worry yeah. about as much. Um, but I would probably say that Texas Tech fans can probably, you know, look at a schedule coming out. I would probably say first week of November, maybe Monday or Tuesday mm -hmm. of the second week of November, because we're starting to get to that time now where it's like, okay, it's, it's almost basketball season. You know, on, on the 14th, yeah. I believe, or the 15th, Texas Tech can start practice. So you got to look at it that way. And usually what that means is you can start practice about four weeks before the first tip off of your projected game. Um, so we're looking at November 15th, November 16th in that range in terms of when Texas Tech basketball is projected to tip off. So um, it's going to be really interesting. I, I probably would suspect, you know, there's going to be a bubble situation. And what I'll say is this too, is you'll only be in one bubble. That'll be your only non-conference mm -hmm. games. I think everything else will just be strictly – um conference games um this year so yeah you know say texas tech is in a bubble with four other teams okay they get to play four non-conference games right maybe baylor is in a is in a bubble with six teams they get six non-conference yeah. games like it, it sucks but that's just how it's going to be and the committee is just going to have to rank people on the competition you play and also just circumstances this is going to be the weirdest year ever in college basketball yeah. history when it comes to seating Cause one one rumor I was hearing, well, I don't know, but they were trying to do it like a pod system, kind of how they do it with yes. soccer. You know, they're gonna put them in like a uh, groups, and you know, everyone's gonna play everyone in the group. So, like you said, let's say it's six teams, you'll get six games. Once those games are over, you'll go, you, you know, you'll go somewhere else. But I know they're probably talking about putting people like I know I heard Houston was a location. Was it North Dakota, Vegas? You know, all over Florida, Asheville, North Carolina, Indiana, places like that. So I know that. Places like that are probably trying to, um, you know, find somewhere to put the kids. But, I mean, they might put them in a process. also trying to make it, you know, like Kentucky. You know, in Kentucky you have Louisville, um, Murray State's over there. Cincinnati, you have schools that are good. Yeah, exactly, you have schools that are close by. So you can kind of make it work. Yeah, no, I mean, it, I think the pod system will probably be what it is. But it's just going to be one of those things where you – those are the only non-conference games you play. And then you go straight into, you know – conference play i think that's probably what's going to happen um more yeah, than I mean, likely yeah. you know everybody will get a set number i know earlier i said maybe they only get four and the other teams get six yeah. i mean that's still a possible outcome 
but I think more than likely it'll be this, you know, the sense of, okay, everybody plays six and then we just go on from there kind of deal. Well, I mean, what I want to see, cause you know, there's potential like rivalry games that might get canceled. Cause did you see what um, Louisville and Kentucky are kind of uh, going through? Did you hear about that? I did. So, but I'm gonna just sum it up real quick. John, because okay, you know they play. They have that rivalry every year. Last year, Louisville played Kentucky in Rupp. Mm-hmm. They Louisville offices. They're trying to play Kentucky at home. Yeah, coach from Louisville, Cronin. He wants to. He wants to play the game in a neutral site. Coach Calipari was like, "No, we want to play you in at the, was it was it the, it's not the KFC. Is it, no, you're right. it, it's KFC. Yeah, yeah." Yeah, he wants to play them there because then keep the keep it like alternating years. Cronin doesn't want to do it. He wants to like he wants to play in a neutral site and then start it over going back and forth next year. So they're having like a little tussle with that. But I don't know if it's Coach Calipari, but someone from Kentucky's athletic department, they called ESPN to see if Louisville could move one of their games to a different date basically trying to force them to play the game. They're kind of doing it behind their back. But my point is, is just this is like you said, this is just a weird time. And, you know, certain games probably just aren't, aren't you know, this is probably not going to just, they're probably not going to be played. This is just yeah. going to be hard doing, like I said, scheduling is a big part of it because you have games like TV deals that are, because CBS owns that game. They want, they need that game. Absolutely. So, you know, they paid for I'm, it. Yeah. I'm, yeah. Yeah. I'm sure the game will be played, but it's stuff like that you have to t- also keep in mind. Absolutely. Um, Hopefully that answered Kobe's question. Let's move on, though. Yeah. Um, we got a question here from Eraser41. You know who that boy is, Emery. He works over at uh, either the Matador. Um, who do you think will receive more minutes this year, Micah Peavy or uh, Tobias's guy, Agbo? Um, I'm probably going to say uh, Peavy for right now. I think that Agbo, I think he will touch him. So I think he's, I think RC probably, I think he's probably the most underrated, you know, guy that we got this year. Um, and there's been this, you know, big popular crowd. I think Ogbo's, I think Ogbo's really, really legit. But I think people will probably get more minutes. It wouldn't surprise me if he even started somewhere down the stretch. Yeah, I'd probably say PV probably gets in the neighborhood of like 21 to 24 minutes. Yeah. And yeah. then Ogbo probably gets in the range of like 11 to 14. Yeah, yeah, I want to say about I'd probably say somewhere like that. Like maybe yeah. some I mean, games yeah. it'll be higher and some games it'll be lower. It just right. kind of depends. Right. Um, but I probably think that's probably where he averages uh, in between there. But I agree. I think Agbo, honestly, like if you're talking about the guys on this team, I think that there's, in terms of who has pro potential, in my head, I count there's four guys that have pro potential in my head. I don't know yeah. if you agree with that. Um, obviously, Namari, I think PV yeah. does, Shannon, and then I think yeah. Mac as well, if everything goes right. Um, yeah, I think Agbo's there too. I, yeah, I, I really do. I, I don't think it's going to happen quickly for him. This is not going to be a Zaire Smith situation, but I definitely think he'll play like three years at Tech, and I think by his third year he's competing to be on like an all Big 12 second team or something like that, and then he gets drafted would, in the I early would, second round. Yeah. I think um, Joel has the um, potential as well. I think he could be a pro too if he wanted to be. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I think he'd be – but as far as Agbo is, I mean, I think that – I want to see because next year, you know, not predicting you – know, not projecting anything, but I assume I think Shannon's going to have an unbelievable year. Could even be your Big 12 player of the year. Oh, you're going to love my uh, – you're going to love yeah. my uh, fiery hot take when we do uh, that for yeah. uh, basketball season. I can guarantee that. Assuming he plays 
how I how I'm expecting. I think Agbo could be the Shannon. I think he could be the Shannon where he comes as a sophomore and he's the one that blows up. Because I I assume we're gonna have a few guys from this year's team go on to better things. I think that Agbo next year as a sophomore could be could be the could be the next Shannon per se. See, I think it's first of all, let's say it's it. it's the Culver, right? It's gotta be the Culver, right? Yeah. We gotta call it the Culver rule. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but no, yeah. I get what you're saying. Like, I get what yeah, you're saying. Like, the thing is, yeah. like, I, I think if we have to project like that, I think Shannon does have a monster year. And then I think PV has the jump, the Culver type jump his second year. Then he bounces. Yeah. And then I think Ogbo has the jump from his sophomore to junior year. That's not saying yeah, Ogbo. I don't think yeah. Ogbo is going to be obsolete by any stretch of the imagination those first yeah, no. two years. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, Probably this first year, he probably averages like six to eight points. I think yeah. maybe. I feel like eight might be a little high. Um, but I think that's probably what in the neighborhood he's in, um, just because of minutes and everything like that. I think there's going to be a game right. this year where Texas Tech wins because of Ogbo. Like, there's going to be a game yeah. this year that that happens. Like, I don't know when it's going to be, but it'll happen. Um, so I, I really like the guy's talent. And I mean, obviously, you got to interview him and everything. And there's limited film on the guy, but you, you really like what you see. Like, he, he's got an NBA body already. Mm-hmm. It's just his yeah. game is super raw right now. Yeah. He's, um, he's, he's really versatile. I mean, he's built like a truck. Like, he's super, super strong. I mean, he, he's what, he uh, deadlifted, what, 400 pounds. He's just, he's just super, super strong to be 18 years old. But he has, like, he's, he has a lot of, like, raw potential, you know, different things he has to work on. But I think that, I trust Beard and, you know, that they have to develop him properly. And I think that, like you said, like two years from now, I think he's going to be – I think he's going to be a force in the Big 12. Not only the Big 12, but just in the country. But you're, you're going to go with PV um, in the minutes yeah, question? Yeah. yeah, I think PV – yeah, I think PV will play if you remember. He, like I yeah. said, he might even start. Yeah, I, I, I was about to say, I, I, I don't – is it a for sure thing that Joel starts? No, right? No. I think no, – because, I mean, because the thing – Go ahead. No, I, I think, like, if you had to ask me, like, right now, let's assume McClung gets the waiver. It probably goes, what, Namari, McClung, Shannon, Shannon. PB, and Santo Silva, right? Yeah, because, I mean, because the thing is now, the thing is now, I mean, the, the Big 12, you know, there, there aren't any bigs, but other than, like, like one or two, you don't have to go big anymore. I can I can play four wing players or four guards or you know tweeners, and I can get away with it because there, there there is no Azubuki anymore. Yeah, I can get away with. It. There's only like three good bigs. What what McCormick, um, Big O, and, and, and he and even him. I, yeah, yeah. Because I mean, even even with McCormick, he's he's a low, but offensively he doesn't scare me. Well, yeah, he hasn't even had the opportunity. I mean, he hasn't flashed at all. Yeah. What what is he? Is he a sophomore this year or a junior? I feel like he's a junior. Yeah, I feel like he's. A, yeah, I feel like he's. A, they still have um other guy from Angola. He's still there too. So Silvio. Yeah. Um, he's like thirty Silvio. though, right? Yeah, yeah. He's don't don't. I'm not <laughs> gonna talk about that on here. But but yeah, he's yeah he he's also there. And they have Tristan. Uh, in he's from uh this is Switzerland. He's gonna be really good I know too. You're talking but about yeah, him. there's no. Yeah, there's no. There's two dominant bigs in this, in this kind. McCormick is not dominant yet, and offensively, he's not gonna be dominant. He's just a Big rebounder. Yeah, I mean, I, I just wonder, you know, how Beard really does the um, – and obviously we'll get more clarity on it. Because if you ask me, what I would love to see is I would love to see PV start. And we're getting a little too deep into basketball here. But, hey, people are asking about it. They're starting to get hyped. 
Like yeah. for me, like that would be my starting five. And then on the second rotation, that allows me to have Kyler Edwards. You also have Ogbo, you have Tyreek Smith, and then you have Joel. And then that, you know, other guard spot, you could put Benson or, you know, Nadaldi or really whoever you want there. Yeah. Doesn't really matter. Oh, we're forgetting about a guy from San Antonio. Um, oh, McCullers. McCullers, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Like, I, I'm trying to think in my head, like, you know, we were talking about Ogbo in the sense of like, how many minutes is he going to get? Like, I think he's going to play this year, but it would not shock me at all if, like, you know, if he hasn't flashed at all, he's out of the rotation, you know, this year. And they just kind of treat it like a redshirt year because they have so many damn guys. Like, yeah. so many damn guys. There's 12 guys that could play on this, you know, team that could should yeah. get, like, 15 minutes at least. Yeah. I mean, it, it's going to be hard for Coach Beard just to, you know – figure out rotations and stuff like that. Obviously they'll be able to do it, but it's going to be, it's going to take some time for that to happen. And obviously they can still win games because the amount of talent they have, but it's going to be super difficult to just figure out and, you know, make sure those egos are okay. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, that's going to be the, the biggest thing. You have a bunch of talented guys like that, you know, you don't want to be a situation where, you know, you, I don't, I don't think close bids are promising. Well, I promise you're going to, he's not, he's going to make you work. He's going to make you earn it. But you know, egos is a big thing, but I think that he'll he probably told those guys they want to leave your ego at the door because this isn't that type of program. We're not going to just come in here. You're going to just demand playing time because you were high four or five star recruit. You're not going sure. to you're gonna have to earn everything. Yeah, you remember that kid from Chicago a few years ago? He was like a basically a four star recruit. He didn't touch the floor, and he transferred the next year. I don't even know where he's at now, but this was like his first year to do. I can't remember. He was from Chicago. He was like a four star guard. He just he, he didn't play. I know who you're he talking about. I can't even remember. He did, he did not play. You know what name? Hell, like, that the guy that it just reminds me of is like Isaiah Masterson or Masterson. You remember yeah. him, the center? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't even – is yeah, he still I'm, in South Florida? Where is he playing now? Someday I'm, I'm going to go look up and find some of these guys. Like that guy from Quinnipiac, we kind of left him. We left him when we came back from that trip, um, Beard's first year. He, you know, he got, you know, he, he got to go, you know, you know, ego oh, kind of big. oh my goodness. What is his name? He, yeah. He, oh my gosh. I can picture his face. It starts with an M, right? I can't remember his name. I know. I know. He looks, I cannot remember his name, but yeah, you know, Man- those guys, is it, they, is it Manderson? That's Isaiah Manderson. I'm, I'm an idiot. Mm. It starts with an M though. I think I, I could picture him like he was herky jerky. He almost kind of played like a, a Robert Turner. Um, almost. Yeah. Cause he, cause he played decent minutes. He just, I mean, he really couldn't shoot. He kind of pissed me off and he would shoot shots, but <laughs> he, he, cause he just couldn't shoot. And he, but he had, had that one that good shoot. game down there, right? You remember that? Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, he, exactly. Yeah, he had a good game. I thought, like, oh, okay, he's not, you know, whatever. But he just didn't, he just didn't play well. Gosh, what is his name? Geo McLean. No, that's not it. That's him. Gio. No, yeah. that's not it. What yeah, you? Him. I'm looking at it right now. No, that. I'm looking can't. at. He went to Quinnipiac. He went to Quinnipiac. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. This is 2016, 2017. Geo McLean. I think they, I think they called him something else. Then the other one you're talking about is Millinghouse. That's what Millinghouse. You're that's about. who I'm talking about. You, yeah. I'm thinking of Millinghouse yeah. who had a good game. Yeah. No, I don't even remember. Who I think you're you talking know, about. I'm being honest. Geo McLean. He was a transfer dark guy. He came from. He came from the Bronx, from New York. I'm looking. And at he, it up play, right he now. played. He played. 
Yeah, he played. He's, yeah. No, Millinghouse. I'm, thinking of, I'm thinking of Millinghouse. Yeah, Millinghouse. He played defense. Yeah. They both, that, and ironically, they're, and ironically, they're both from Brooklyn. Interesting. I'm looking it up right now. He's not even listed on the 2016 roster. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at a sports reference, but yeah. Millinghouse, I know when he left, he had a child, and I believe he went to play overseas. Well, that no, no, Millinghouse is the guy that left in the Bahamas or whatnot. Or nah, we left, nah, we left McLean. Now nah, we left McLean I over swear there, bro. It's the other way around. The only, the only reason why I know that is because his cousin is a good friend of mine. She goes to Tech. That's the only reason why I know that because okay. he was pissed. Her mom, her, her mom was pissed. Fair enough. Yeah, that, that, yeah, that's the only reason why I know. Oh, man, now I'm looking at Thomas Bransma and good old Aaron Ross. Throwing me back. Yeah. Throwing me back here, man. My goodness. I forgot about these guys. I forgot about all these guys, man. It's wild. Absolutely wild. Hey, unbelievable. All right. So one more question, Tobias. We'll end with a fun one. Um, Obviously, Brandon is having a lot of pain here um, when he asked this. And he says, why do we suck so bad at football? Um, will my pain ever end? I would like to, I would hope the pain will end at some point. Um, when I can answer that question, I guess for me, I think that the culture just has to change that tech. You know, one, expectations are high. I really don't know why. I mean, even when we, when we had Pat here, I mean, we weren't, we weren't great even when Pat was here. I mean, Pat turned into Pat, but still, like, we weren't great when he was here. You know, we haven't been really good it's been a very very long time we were in like elementary school the last time we were really good i think i was but, in middle school yeah yeah like it's been a very long time so you know i think i think expectations have to be because that's the thing when you have our expectations your patience is very low yeah we need to be patient we're not we you know you go back the last six seven years we haven't we haven't won a big 12 title we haven't been close so i don't know where this we need to be at the top with Oklahoma. No, that, that, that hasn't happened. I don't know why we, we feel that way, but that needs to be turned down a lot. This is not basketball or baseball. Yeah, I, I really think it's just because everything on campus other than football and, like, women's yeah, basketball yeah. to a degree, yeah. like, has been killing it. Like, yeah. they have been great. Like, cross country, good. Track and field, national championship. You know, baseball, basketball, softball, tennis. You know, like literally volleyball is going, getting better now. Right. Like soccer, competing for Big 12 championships, like everything on campus. Shoot, even meat judging, if you want to throw that in there. I know it's not the athletic department, but still, like everything is good on campus except yeah. for football and women's basketball. So, like, I get the patience aspect of it. It's like, well, everything else is good. Why can't football be good quickly? Like, football is a whole different breed, like, compared to any other sport in college athletics, because you talked about it earlier, Tobias. You can get three good players in basketball. You're good to go. You know? Yeah, no, for sure. Sometimes you just need two. Sometimes you If they're good enough. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Marquette did it last year. They went to the tournament. They were going to go to the tournament. They had one one really good player on the team. Yeah. The score. That was it. They had one good, really good player. Everyone else was average. And they they were going to go to the tournament. They won a lot of big games in the Big East. Yeah. So, I I, I mean, like, football is just a whole different breed. Again, I, I would preach patience. I get frustration. But don't let the frustration boil over to something that shouldn't be there in the first place in terms of high expectations. Mm. You should not be frustrated because you have high expectations. You have to have realistic right. expectations right. about this program. And right. realistic expectations right now is it's a building program. It's going in the right direction. 
I'm not happy that they are one and seven or one and six in one possession game under Wells. I don't think anybody is, but you have to take it as a positive that they're that close in those games because under Cliff Kingsbury, they didn't have a lot of those opportunities. So it's going to be, it's going to take a little bit of time. Just be patient. But yes, I think your pain will end. And if it doesn't, basketball starts in a month. Uh I'll even tell you this. One thing they really decided doing, have you seen all the top players in Lubbock that are ranked coming out of the state this year? In football? It's a lot. It's a lot. It's in like football? five. Really? Yeah. In football, they're in Lubbock. They go, they, go, they go to Lubbock High Schools. It, it starts with that. I don't know where these kids are coming from, but these kids are going to like very big schools. They can't leave Lubbock. I did not know that. They, they, right, they, I, I guess they, I just they, didn't they, realize they, it. they have a D tackle. They have a quarterback. The wide receiver last year, he was almost a five-star recruit. TCU got him, and he wanted to come to Tech. They wouldn't offer him. They wouldn't offer him. He wanted to go to Tech. They wouldn't offer him. He was a four-star recruit. I don't know what's going on. He was like top five in the state or top ten in the state in receiving yards and touchdowns, and they wouldn't offer him, and he wanted to come to Tech. There are three or four highly ranked players in the state. They're in Lubbock right now. They're juniors and seniors. They cannot leave. I'm going to assume Tech has offered them. I don't know. What they need to do, they need to make sure they don't leave. Because you have, you, have, you have talent in your backyard. You have yeah. talent in your backyard. They can't leave. Absolutely. No, I, I, didn't, yes. I didn't realize that. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense, you know. Football in the city right now is – it's pretty good. It's pretty good. Hell, Cooper, one of the schools last year, they were projected to go to state last year. One of the schools I that I don't, was I don't think they did. Yeah, they were supposed to go to state. They had, they had a bunch of, you know – mid-level D1 guys on their team. I said, they can't let those guys, they can't let them leave Lubbock. They have to bring them in. They can't. But, I mean, at the same time, it may not even be like letting them leave Lubbock. It's the sense of, yeah. like, I want to get the hell right. out of Lubbock. And, and, and to be right, fair, sure. like, I get it. Like, you know, a lot of people in college, yeah. they want to go experience new things. Like, but at the same right. time, I get what you're saying. You got to lay that foundation within your own city that's right. obviously producing talent. You have to get a couple of those guys in here, at least. Yeah, a couple of them. You know, so, um, yeah, no, that's I interesting. Mean, and especially, you know, with you know, with the times going on right now, a lot of kids are probably going to want to stay close to home, if not at home. You know what I mean? A lot of a lot of kids are doing that. You know, after the football game yesterday, one of the kids he had offers from all over the country. He wanted to go to U of H because of this, so he picked yeah. U of H. There so you now you know, different different kid, different scenario. But if you have just like a four star D tackle down the street, like come on, yeah, like, you, you got to do something about that. Absolutely. And the quarterback, he's really, really, really good. To be fair, I mean, like, I, I, get, I get why they're probably not going after the quarterback because they do have Morton. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you don't, you don't really like to bring in two quarterbacks that are highly profiled like no, that in the no, same no, class. No, That's not a sure. good look. Um, but yeah, at the same no. time, the D-tackle, yeah. Like, why, why aren't you going after them if they're not already or, you know, that kind of stuff. You got to keep those guys at home at the bare minimum, at least a couple of them. Um, just because that actually, like, helps you within the town, too. Um, yeah. you know, that, that builds a certain camaraderie that's already there with Texas Tech, but even to a we saw those empty seats. We saw those empty seats last year. We saw those empty seats last year. Where's the student section? I mean, we, we weren't – we didn't – you know, they weren't coming for other offensive reasons, but still, that helps. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is what it is. But that's all those questions. And let's shout out to people one more time that asked – oh, we got one quick question. This is from Ron Shipley, Tobias, at 89 underscore red underscore Raider. Just real quick, one word. Say their last name. Who starts a quarterback tomorrow for the Red Raiders? It's going to be um, – uh, Bowman, Bowman's going to start. Bowman's going to start. I think, too. I think Bowman will start. Um, I will say that yeah. um, 
if it is a close game at halftime and Bowman has not looked good in the first half, Henry Columbia will come in um, and play. But again, a huge shout yeah. out to uh, Greg Biggs at Tech Golf 44. Kobe, Kobe Mott Designs. Go check him out. Doing great stuff for us. Ron Shipley at 89 underscore red at Raider or underscore Raider, excuse me. And then Brandon, Brandon, I hope it gets better, buddy. It, it, it will. It will. I promise. Your pain will end. I promise you, man. Um, his is Fraser underscore two. And then we got Eraser at Eraser41. That's Emery over there. And you can check out his stuff as well on Twitter. He, he's a good guy. But, yeah, so a huge shout-out to you guys for asking the questions. We had a couple more we just couldn't get to today. But for Tobias Bass, you can follow Tobias at Tobias underscore Bass on Twitter. I'm RC Maxwell. You can follow me at RCMB323 on Twitter. Be sure to go and follow Guns Up Nation on all platforms, Facebook, Instagram, as well as Twitter. We got a lot of great content over on the website too, gunsupnation.com. Again, go check out gunsupnation.com. Those guys are really producing a lot of great content, and it's about to be time to start uh, getting some basketball content out there, Tobias. Um, your sweet spot, to say the least. Um, but again, yeah, sure. yeah, I'm excited. That's Tobias Bass. I'm RC Maxwell. We'll catch y'all next time. Be kind to others and wear a mask, everybody. Thanks for listening to the Guns Up Nation podcast. The opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the podcast hosts and do not reflect the opinions of Texas Tech University or its affiliates. Visit our website at gunsupnation.com for more Texas Tech news. Thanks again and guns up.